0: We don't ask enough questions as a result. And it's documented as a result. A lot of times the the things that we should know or should um, be able to deal with, we don't find out about. We don't know about it. And we end up with uh, many of the disparities that we end up with, but listen, we're about to go into NPR right now. Um, for those of you who are on, I apologize for the lengthy lengthy conversations, but I've, I've got we we had to get to the the, the meat of this conversation, um, and the stories are very helpful, the narratives are very helpful. Um, we'll be right back uh, with the Sunday Forum uh, in just a few minutes, folks. And we'll uh, stay take your tuned. calls when and we get back. Yes, we will take your calls when we get back. If you will just hang tight with us, please.
1: You're tuned to
2: WMNF Tampa Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. A Libyan man accused of making the bomb that blew up Pan Am Flight 103 over Lockerbie, Scotland in 1988 is in U.S. custody. In a brief statement, Scottish officials say the families of Lockerbie victims have been informed. And the Justice Department says the man will make an initial court appearance in a federal court in Washington, D.C. The explosion killed 270 people. The only man convicted of the bombing died in libya in 2012 he'd been released on compassionate grounds by the scottish government after his cancer diagnosis ukrainian president volodymyr Zelensky says russian drone attacks have left one and a half million people without power in the southern region of odessa he spoke in his latest video address to the nation this is the real attitude of russia towards odessa the attitude towards its residents deliberate bullying deliberate attempts to bring disaster to the city our defenders managed to shoot down 10 of the 15 drones. Ukraine is hitting back. Kiev has reportedly used American-made HIMARS missiles to attack the Russian-occupied city of Maltopol. The city is key to the to the uh, Russian defense of southern Ukraine. Denver, Colorado. Migrants have been arriving in the city have prompted the city's government to take emergency action. Colorado Public Radio's Kevin Beatty has more. Denver
3: set up an emergency shelter to house nearly 200 migrants who arrived over the last week. That's after a large- Large groups showed up at a Denver homeless shelter. Many of them said they had been bused from El Paso, Texas. Ruben Garcia, director of El Paso nonprofit Annunciation House, said the nation needs networks of support to catch asylum seekers released by Border Patrol.
4: Last Monday, it was almost 1,300 that were released to us. We want to send buses to faith communities in the interior for the reason of helping to spread out the responsibility.
3: Migrant advocates are asking Governor Jared Polis to open permanent shelters around the state. For NPR News, I'm Kevin Beatty in Denver.
2: The Federal Reserve expected to raise interest rates again at its monetary policy meeting this week. Steve Beckner reports. The Fed has
3: raised the federal funds rate by three-quarters of a percentage point at four straight meetings. But recent hints from Chairman Jerome Powell have Wall Street expecting a half-point move that would take that key short-term rate to a target range of four and a quarter to four and a half percent. What remains uncertain is whether a slower pace of rate hikes means less monetary tightening ahead. Powell has said the Fed has more to do to make rates sufficiently restrictive to reduce inflation to 2% and that rates likely need to go higher and stay higher than once thought. How much higher is a question that will be answered in part when the Fed releases revised rate projections for next year and beyond. For NPR News, I'm Steve Beckner.
2: And you're listening to NPR News from Washington. Officials on the Channel Island of Jersey say they're moving into the recovery phase of their search and rescue operation following an explosion yesterday morning at an apartment building. The move suggests that emergency crews believe there are no more survivors. Around a dozen people are reported missing. Three people are confirmed dead. A cyclone hit the eastern coast of India this weekend. Raksha Kumar reports that rescue efforts are now underway in one of India's largest cities. Four
5: people were killed and hundreds were displaced after Cyclone Mandos hit the city of Chennai. Most of the city was waterlogged and flights were cancelled. Approximately 400 trees fell across Chennai. Schools and colleges will remain closed. 11.5 million people live in Chennai and it is a major commercial hub as well. The city has seen regular flooding over the past few years. Cyclone Mandos is moving north, but heavy rains are expected in many parts of peninsular India. For NPR News, I'm Raksha Kumar in Mumbai.
2: NASA's Orion spacecraft is on the final leg of its journey around the moon and back. The uncrewed capsule is due to splash down in the Pacific off California today. NPR's Nell Greenfield-Boyce says mission managers want to see how well the spacecraft's heat shield works as it re-enters the Earth's atmosphere at 32 times the speed of sound.
6: If all goes well, parachutes will deploy, it'll splash down the Pacific Ocean near San Diego, and then they'll recover the spacecraft.
2: The Orion capsule is returning 50 years to the day after the Apollo program's final moon landing. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other
1: contributors include Bed Bath & Beyond with storage products too. Featuring a curated selection of brands like Dyson, KitchenAid, and Ugg. More at bedbathandbeyond.com and the Annie E. Casey Foundation.
7: Wow, now that's a big RV. But when's the last time you used it? Just imagine all the room you'll gain when you move that motorhome, RV, or other vehicle getting in the way. WMNF accepts cars, trucks, RVs, and more as a form of support. Plus, donating is easy and the pickup is free. Go to WMNFcar.org for more. Leave a lasting wake of good when you put that boat or other watercraft you no longer need behind you. WMNF accepts all types of vehicles from cars, trucks, RVs, boats, and more. Learn more at WMNFCar.org.
0: These are the words of Dr. Joy DeGrasse that we'll be listening to just now about this issue of post-traumatic slave syndrome or post-traumatic stress disorder is passed down genetically. Um, The term was coined by Dr. DeGray, and we're going to uh, hear some of her words in just a few moments right here on the Sunday Forum.
6: Post-traumatic slave syndrome is an explanatory theory that really looks at multi-generational trauma. One of the things that's difficult for people is their first response is, oh my God, that happened so long ago. We're talking about people being captured, shipped, sold, beaten, raped, experimented on. And then you have to ask the question, did the trauma continue? Yes. So 300 years of trauma, no help, freed, no help, more trauma. If it's a sustained trauma, then the, the impact of that is also sustained. When we look at multigenerational trauma, we're looking at people who are maybe victims of natural disasters and their families and their children and generations of folks who have experienced war. Uh, and we know that there are residual uh, mental, emotional traumatic impact. And what I did was I started to look at the African-American experience, starting with slavery, as a real clear long enduring traumas. I started to see that there were clear connections between that survival behavior and contemporary living in African American experience. I started to see common behaviors that I took for granted as, well, cultural. There's adaptive behaviors, survival behaviors. Well, what are they? Let's just say 2019 you have A black mother and a white mother. The sons go to school together. They find themselves at a meeting. The black mother leans over to the white mother and says, I just wanted to mention to you that I noticed that your son is really doing quite well. And the white mother's response is, oh, thank you. She begins to go on and on about, he won the science fair, his uncle's an astronaut. She's just oozing. She realizes the black mother's son is actually excelling her son. And she says, well, wait a minute. Your son's the one that's really coming along. And a black mother responds, oh my God, he's a handful, but oh, he just works my nerves. Now, when I'm working with African-American people, it doesn't matter what the audience is, it doesn't matter what class. If I were to ask, is she very proud while she's saying those denigrating things? And everybody laughs and goes, of course, there's a secret. Because everybody black knows that even though the black mother is going, oh my God, she's really proud. So now let's roll that scene back 300 years. And let's say this black mother is working in the fields, and a white slave owner comes through and says, wow, that boy is really coming along. What is she going to say? No, he's not. He's he's stupid. He's, he's shiftless. He can't work because I don't want you to sell him. So I denigrate them to protect them. That is called appropriate adaptation when living in a hostile environment. The little white boy, say Timmy, you know, he feels really comfortable and happy about what his mom just said about him, and Trey looks at his mom and wonders, why can't you be proud of me? Because he doesn't understand the secret yet. And by the time he learns the secret, he will have already been injured by it. Post-traumatic slave syndrome. PTSD um, is a disorder that occurs as a result of a single trauma. You don't even have to be there to actually get a diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder. You could just hear about something horrific happening to someone you love. So you have people who have experienced it firsthand, people who have witnessed it in their environment, right? People who are continuing to be oppressed. That exacerbates any possibility of healing. So it's not post-traumatic stress disorder because then it becomes part of uh, what we call your socialization process. So you begin to normalize a way of living and being, everything from what we eat to what we believe it means to be a friend. You know, all of these things are colored by history. And if you don't understand it, you're going to fold in things that you've just assumed are normal. But post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, exaggerated startle response, outbursts of anger, a uh, feeling of foreshortened future. There was a point where there were you know, African-American children in different urban settings that didn't expect to live to be adults because they saw so much death, that they started planning their funerals like at 13, 12, as young as 10. When you start looking at the the simple biology, you start looking at the, the impact of stress on health. And while we look at general stress, you know, we know finances, you have illnesses, all these different things, how about being black? How does factoring in being black in America impact your stress level and therefore your body's ability to operate its own immune system. Because we know it compromises the immune system. Once you understand it, then you can deal with it. Because you see, it's habitual. You socialize, it becomes part of your being so one of the ways you begin to address that multi-generational trauma is to work with the people it directly impacts to hear from them and when you give the people the information they, they can use it I think the first order of business is beginning to have a conversation and the other is to educate the larger society you have to stop the assault so this is not purely a clinical thing this requires social justice and change That's where part of the healing is. It's not in a clinical setting or in a pill. It's in fairness and justice and safety and equity. we got to work with some of those clinical things, some of those issues of panic and anxiety. And we also have to deal with the fact that you have a system that is set up to oppress you and to continue to injure you. Both those things have to be dealt with. And they cannot singularly by themselves affect a change. They have to be done collectively.
0: What do you think?
5: Very informative, yes. And and I agree with a lot of stuff that she said.
1: Mobili? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You internalize the socialization. As the mother, as she was saying about the mother enduring slavery who would denigrate her son so that he wouldn't be sold. But by the time he understood the secret, it was already internalized in him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kid, but you know, we have post-slavery syndrome. White folks have it too, which is probably why we still grapple with this this racism. You know, this uh, white supremacy. Right. So. Right.
5: Yeah. Did right. you see that movie that Tyler Perry just recently did on Netflix? I don't
1: know if I brought it, it up. What's it called? Uh, God, what is it Jasmine?
5: called? Jazzman. Yeah,
0: yeah. Jazzman, Yeah. You yeah. did. Yeah, blue.
5: Loved the ending. Excellent movie. Excellent movie. The ending. I thought the ending was messed up. His face.
0: (laughs) Oh, the dudes. Yeah. Yeah, because he
5: realized he's half half black, half white. Half white. It was a great ending. Oh, great oh, ending.
0: oh, oh! You mean the ending, ending? Yeah, the ending. Yeah, ending. That yeah. Was, yeah. because uh-huh. that, that was that was. But that's that was. what
5: happened a lot back back during those times. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, we want to hear from you, folks. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. We're going to take this call. Come on. Okay. Let's, let's skip the call. Again.
5: Caller, you're on the Sunday forum. Oh, good morning. Uh, this is Chris Steiner in Clearwater.
3: Chris, what's going on? Oh, a bunch of points to make. Uh, first off, for, uh, for connective tissue, I uh, have, uh, I can speak from experience having healed a rotator cuff a couple times without surgery, um, just with supplements. And uh, the two best ones I think that helped me were uh, shark cartilage and uh, organic uh, bone broth uh, soup and, and uh, methyl sulfonylmethane, also known as MSM. But, um, there are quite a few others I took. Uh, i called heard of chondroitin sulfate and, uh, um, I'm trying to remember the other one, uh, hyaluronic acid. Uh, if you want to check a whole list of these, uh, different supplements, uh, you might want to check out, I have on my connective tissue blog. It's, uh, over at the blogs page at theliberationstation.com.
4: Okay.
3: And, idea. uh, and for Darryl, um, uh, check out uh, activated charcoal. Uh, that's a supplement you can take. It's uh, called activated because it's uh, charcoal from uh, coconut that's uh, activated by exposing it to oxygen, making it more uh, uh, better for uh, uh, soaking up toxins. It's really great for uh, preventing even uh, food poisoning. If you have noticed you get food poison at first onset, you want to take that. Um, take a couple capsules. You know, bring it with me when I go out just in case. And uh, when it comes to insurance, um, one of the worst things that you can have is really good health insurance. In my experience seeing other people when the doctors want to run tests, uh, all the tests that they can get uh, for insurance to cover and all the different treatments that uh, patients will put up with. So um, that's why I think that uh, health insurance is just a defective, deadly product often. And uh, your best insurance is to... Make sure you never get in their clutches of the medical, pharmaceutical, industrial complex. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it really is a fascist, uh, pharmaceutical, you know, pharmaceutical complex because what we have is, uh, recently with, um what Mobili called a triple zemic, we have now, uh, what's What's going on uh, with uh, Operation Warp Speed, which is you know, funding the pharmaceutical companies? They don't have to pay any of that back. Um, continue to make record profits. Uh, you know these multinational corporations, like Pharma, uh, record profits, and they have no uh, allegiance to any cor- any company. I mean, pardon me, any any country. Um, and uh, and so uh, we have uh, liability free COVID shots. To all. All vaccines are liability-free under the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, and the emergency use authorized products of the COVID shots. Those are covered under the PrEP Act of 2005. The pharma companies have no liability, so that's fascism. And uh, then Biden was thwarted by the Supreme Court from arbitrarily, unilaterally, mandating on businesses of 100 employees, or more the COVID shot.
0: Let me, let me let me let me stop you right there for a moment, man, because look, look, I, I wanna I wanna get down to the the real issue here that, that we're that we're focusing in on um, more than anything, and that is what what are your thoughts on the post traumatic stress versus post traumatic uh-huh. slave disorder? Yeah, I have, uh, I have some
3: thoughts on that, but I uh, just uh, one last point is that that's fascism of you know mandating trying to mandate. Businesses, and then the Supreme Court allowed Biden to do so on federal employees. That's also fascism. Uh, you know these companies without liability. Um, I guess that's a form of slavery. <laughs> so I feel a bit traumatized seeing people trauma uh, seeing people uh, dying from um, in higher numbers. Now the Washington Post even admits. I'm surprised uh, that the that the COVID shot recipients uh, they've reported November 23rd to make up the majority of COVID deaths. Uh, Washington Post uh, article by McKenzie Beard and uh, you know I mentioned that before with Walgreens but uh, I I feel a bit uh, traumatized by that Um, you know the V-safe database that was just finally released after a year thanks to Informed Consent Action Network uh, the CDC's own V-safe database shows that 27% of people who got the COVID shots are suffering incapacitating illnesses but uh you know we we have epigenetic nutrigenomics uh, the, the studies that show that our genetics can improve you know you're talking about how uh how uh ideas can be uh, feelings can be passed on through generations well through pleasant experiences and nutrition, we can also improve our genetic expression. These studies, these, uh, these studies show that uh, anti-cancer genes can even be turned on from a, a short uh, watching a short comedy. Hit. That's interesting.
0: That's interesting. To know. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, I, I think I think um, one of the one of the biggest things is uh, is as as we're discussing now is the issue of. Of the condition that people live in, the conditions that we live in right now, our reactions to things the, that that happen to us, um, generationally, and the effect that has on um, on our reactions, right? That, that the 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 uh, effect it has on us academically, on children academically. Um, and how we interact with other people. I think that, you know, that and that's and that's what we really, really want to find out. Uh is what people are thinking about that.
3: Well what um, we have now is is the bankster gangsters enslaving us today and that's our common enemy. And you know, I've been told that I don't know what it's like to be a slave. Well I answer that I do because I am using Federal Reserve notes that uh you know, if you look in federal law, Title 12, Section 411, it says that Federal Reserve notes are debt to the, uh, the Federal Reserve payable by the United States, which are two separate entities, you know, Federal Reserve's a for-profit organization that can't be audited fully. So, uh, you know, and also the uh, Modern Money Mechanics is a publication by the Chicago Federal Reserve that says that whenever you take out a loan, that they uh, that you're giving them permission to issue The principal, but they never issue the interest in the circulation, so it's impossible for everyone to pay back principal plus interest. So that means that we're forfeiting our uh, collateralized real property and are ruining our credit. And people going into bankruptcy, giving up all that hard-earned, you know, actual physical credit for the banksters who don't produce anything. They're the real slave masters. They they produce nothing. But in the you know chattel slave days, at least uh, the slavers uh, promised you a place to live and
1: in Pudeep, they wanted to keep folks living, oh. working, but... Uh. No, I'm no, slavers, <laughs> yeah, slavery, chattel yeah. slavery was not... All right, sorry, we, we got to go to
5: so another caller. Thank yeah, you for the call.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah, man. you okay. also say that while we're talking about this and, and, and whatever he just spouted off, Florida still led in COVID <sighs> deaths. Florida is still the leader in deaths, the states... Are we still misrepresenting those numbers, too, by the way? We,
5: yeah, of course. We've presided
1: over 83,000 deaths and yet he's trying to take a bow for his response. Now his his latest outrageous, he's going to sue he's going to sue vaccine makers for the, the uh, side effects. I mean give me a break man. man. Come on. He's you're talking about uh, DeSantis? Yeah.
5: Oh okay.
1: Yeah. Let, let's go to the next call.
5: <sighs> Alright. <clears throat> caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Good
7: morning. Peace and blessings. Good, Good morning. morning. How
0: you doing Queen Mother?
7: Um, Wonderful. I just want to say uh, with that post-traumatic slave syndrome, uh, you see it in the way in which African uh, mothers in particular uh, discipline their children in the past. Mm. Uh, It has always been to discipline the child into fear so the system won't get them. So irregardless of what was being said from the child's standpoint of view, it was not believed because we know, you know, as African parents and mothers in particular, we have watched uh, sons, husbands, brothers experience from lynching to the harshest criminal Mm penalties, And so the, the fear that was instilled by that belt was to hopefully shield that child from entering into any of those paradigms. Now, it's when we as adults begin to see that when we try to have uh, adult comfortable conversations with uh, people in authority, then they're treating us like children. Now, you know, we simply don't do as much discipline now because we know what we're up against. And now to the detriment of the child, not that the discipline has to be uh, in that physical form, but a way of showing the child how to navigate through this system. And one of the biggest problems that we have, Walter, uh, in this is that mixed messengers in our community, and we know some of these folks that is propped up, is held up by the system mm-hmm. to do the worst condemnation against black community and black leadership. But we won't say nothing because we witness them, but we don't want to have these public fights. Uh, we, we, we don't want them to know we'll say this to each other. But in a critical condition that we're in right now, if we're to have any sense of surviving any of it, those that profess to be our enemies by their actions, they could be light-skinned black to blue-black. If they're not aligning themselves up, with the righteousness of black people surviving, we're doing a disservice to ourselves and the future generation if we don't take them on. I don't know no other way you uh, and, and you look at what's going on in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. You uh, you know, what, what? why they just can't get along? No, you just can't get along when people are attempting to dominate and destroy you. Right. We're beyond these casual conversations because we know so-and-so and 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 so-and-so inside the black community while it is being ravaged it up. And we got key black people, key black people now, on various posts, but they can't do nothing for us. They can't do nothing for us, but the only thing they can do for themselves is get a paycheck or hold on to those positions of pleasure. And so for the masses of the black people that's catching hell, what are we to do? Right. No, you are gonna have to have some real trouble, and it takes mature people to enter into the arena. Thank you so much.
0: Thank, Thank you. you. That that's a, you know, she makes. I mean, she she hit on all the all the points basically. Yeah. Of what of what Doctor DeGraw was saying, even right. If, if you hear if you hear her argument, you hear her her passion. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. As as one who is a mother, right one who is our elder, actually, and has seen a couple of generations more than we have regarding this thing uh, that, that we're seeing, then, you know, what she said about the belt, right? Uh, the Specifically saying, specifically, listen to what she said, what, what Queen Mother said, right? What did she say? She said, the mother and the belt. That's what I. That's what I saw. That, that's what I heard. The mother and the belt. And that to me, that's significant because you didn't say the father and the belt. You get my point?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: That I believe is a is a stressor, right? I think I think that's a contributor to what we what we face uh, because as we as we start to look at. What it is, you know, the, the presence of a father in the home and the generational uh, the generational change that we saw or see with regard to what should be or what was what's defined as the, as the what the nuclear family, is that what it's called? The, the nuclear family, father, mother, father, mother, children father of the child
4: mm-hmm.
0: break apart I mean that just never that that never really that that existed for us it, it exists for us I mean obviously we have fathers and mothers because so it wouldn't be any of us right right uh but the home itself the the type of the type of uh issues that we see in the home when we see our children as, as they grow um have the type of have the type of insecurities that they have. Every uh, doctor DeGrasse speaks of it. Mobility. You, you pointed out. Queen Mother pointed out actually, when she talks about the type of the type of things that we do against each other.
1: Yeah, learned through slave, from slavery. Right. I mean, it's um, the way, you know. We denigrated. were not allowed to, to even marry. <laughs> you know, right. They weren't allowed to have their own lives. And uh, we fell under so many rules and regulations, even post-slavery, that yeah. that, that perpetuated a lot of this powerlessness in the home. Uh, the fathers oftentimes were totally powerless outside of the home, couldn't earn enough to be the Just provider work. in mm-hmm. the home. Yeah. And oftentimes there were federal legislation that... Uh, if you weren't married, you couldn't keep the father in the home. Right. So and you couldn't. And, and what does whipping, uh, what role did whipping play in slavery? And how did we internalize that in terms of trying to control children in our home? And what message does that send to kids? How did that make them walk through the world? You know, once violence is the answer to everything. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Right. That's yep. exactly where society wants Especially our boys is to think that violence is the answer, and then that drives you right to prison, which is a perpetuation of slavery.
0: So, so, so let me go. Let me go to something that I saw. My wife sent this to me one day, and it 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 just, it caught her eye because she felt that she was like, "How the hell did we miss this? How did we miss this? Right?" So we watch these cartoons, right? And this is a, this is another show I want to do as well. But uh, but it is very relevant. Uh, we watch these cartoons, and there's this one cartoon that was done um, by uh, Walter Lance. Now, I'm What's ashamed of the fact that I'm ashamed of the fact that his name was Walter. But <laughs> nevertheless, uh, he was a famous cartoons, mm-hmm. cartoonist, and cartoon producer, and. Lance created this this one cartoon that was called Lazy Town. Now, I've never heard of it. If, if you look it up, it's on, you can watch it on YouTube. All right. On Lazy Town, um, there are all these stereotypes that, that are made. And the stereotypes are uh, fall right in line with many of the, of the things that we see are, as a result of, um, and we had a call that just came in. I yeah. uh, will come to you in just a second. Many of the stereotypes that we see regarding the violence we do against each other and I think the violence we do against each other, and, and 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 it comes from the violence, violence from the standpoint of sexuality, violence from the standpoint of actual violence, physical violence of hitting each other, right?
4: Yeah.
0: Um, and hurting each other physically. Uh, when we uh, when when like there was one part in it where you have uh the the ship is it's real lazy. Everybody's slow. Everybody's black, mind you. Everybody's black. There's not one white person in the entire town. Everybody's black. Um, it's a shanty town. It's, it gives you, it puts you in the mind of post slavery South, right? And here it is called Lazy Town. So the 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 um, the concept is the ship comes from the North somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And they're playing jazz and they're upbeat and everything like that. But in Lazy Town, there are is slow, shiftless. Lazy, and you have uh, the 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 mammy, right? Um, The stereotypical mammy who's standing, she's washing clothes, frumpy and everything like that, unattractive, asexual, that whole thing, right? And then you have the men, uh, the 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 men who are laying around and they're slow and shiftless, and uh, and then then you have two men who are sitting right there by the boat that comes in, and they they're fighting. And they're slow, and that's supposed to be funny. How they how they tell my son, um I'm gonna hit you," and then one tell talking about, myself, "I'm gonna bust your head," and and so that's supposed to be funny, right? At the same time that this is happening, the fast moving light skinned black woman, uh, who by the way is wearing a see through dress. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, a see-through crazy. dress. Who? So in other words, she's hypersexualized. She's curvy. She's nice looking. She's light skinned, right? Mm-hmm. And she's going to teach everybody else about how to how to how to not be lazy. How to pick it up, right? These are these are the types of this is the type of people don't think this is violence. This is a type of violence, right? And it is, and there is a it, there's a stress, a stressor that that's played that that's actually personified here. Right? Because these are things that we are we are constantly going up against each other about. And but at, at one point, you know, we laughed about this crap. We saw this, and and we we many of us saw this, and many of us thought it was just the funniest thing on earth. But guess who else thought was funny? The white folks. Who actually created it?
5: What year was this show?
0: This this was this was done in the nineteen this is I gotta look at the year again, but I believe it was the nineteen forties. Okay. I believe it was the nineteen forties. So so the, the, the point is that that there are all types of things that are introduced into our into our society, into our community, that keep this thing going. They keep this kind of mentality moving, right? And these are stressors. Now, let's, let's go back to the medical thing. Um, I, I want to hear from you, 813-239-9663. 813-239-9663. This is the Sunday Forum. Um, as we're talking about the issue of, um, of post-traumatic stress disorder versus post-traumatic slave disorder. Um, we're also talking about medical. Uh, as a part of that conversation, we're talking about medical um, disparities and uh, in, in how we're treated in the medical world, how Black people are treated in the medical world. Okay, so so let's go back to J. Marion Sims. Okay, so J. Marion Sims was this man who was called the father of gynecology, right? And one of the one of the most famous things that uh, famous incidents that took place when he was doing his experiments on Black people and Black women in particular. Was the was the gynecological experiments he'd do in order to create these these um, these instruments, right? So he had three women in particular that he had. One's name was Bessie, um, um, the other was um, her name started with an A, um, Anarka, and the other name was Lucy, and so. Um, so he, he, and of course, it's, it's documented that he may have had, he, he was probably, he definitely had more than that. But these three right here were actually uh, three slave women that he actually got from other plantations mm-hmm. that were brought in because they were having difficulties, postnatal difficulties. They just had babies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they were having difficulties with their bladders or anything, you know, things like that. But there were female issues. Uh, gynecological issues, and so what he would do was have them sit on all, get on a table, a regular like table, right, and he have them in front of other white men, stand there, and in and, in and without anesthesia, and with great pain, he would go in, and he would he would go into their vagina as they were sitting on all fours. You understand, like an animal.
5: Yeah. So he was examining them, See, but, but but in a but in an unethical way. Okay.
0: Right. Mm. Okay. And mind you, there was no there was no. <sighs>
5: yeah, there wasn't the stuff that we have today.
0: Right. Like for, There's no anesthesia. They were using. Yeah. They were using. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not poppy. Uh, opium. Right. Didn't yeah. do anything for these women. These women were in excruciating pain. And in many instances, for years, for years they went on with no, with, with whatever it was that was wrong with him, was never fixed. Except later on, when he finally figured out uh, a, a particular procedure after he'd done it several times. Now these women, right? These same three women worked with him as nurses. As other women were brought in to do these same type of experiments, or or new ones even, and he was able to he was able to form new uh, technology, so to speak, I wouldn't say technology, but instruments to do this. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, man, first thing that comes to mind is Roe versus Wade. Yeah, Definitely. first thing that comes to mind is Roe versus Wade. This is the history of this stuff. And I actually, I actually, we never talk about this stuff. We never talk about it. We never talk about the fact that, 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 that when we talk about things like, um, uh, uh, sickle cell and the fact, sickle cell versus cystic fibrosis. Cystic fibrosis is something that you find in in, in white people that lead that that shortens their lives to about twenty seven years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. So around twenty seven years old, their expected the life expectancy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's bad. What's also bad is what we know happens with sickle cell sickle anemia. Cell anemia. Sickle cell anemia is seen as a black, but because it's seen as a black disease, let me say it again. Because sickle cell anemia is seen as a black disease, it's documented, mind mind you. It is ignored, and the research on it is ignored. And it's it's only by the grace of God that they were able to come up with the concept of of using bone marrow as a means to actually uh heal this thing, maybe, depending on the type of or the, the type of disease of sickle cell disease you have. Right? right? Now, mind you, but what is what is what is horrible about this situation is not just the uh, is 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 the fact that societally people will sit there and take and take the money, the funding that should that should go to sickle cell and put it towards cystic fibrosis. Because it's the black disease, so it's put on the back burner.
5: Yeah, I'm not surprised.
0: Right? Yeah. So so when we go into hospitals, right, when those of, those of us who have this go into hospitals, and, and, and let me be clear about this, single cell disease is not just a black disease, mind you. It's something that happens to people who are descendants of folks or live in Mediterranean areas or areas near um, um, in in Africa, even in Southeast Asia.
5: Well, what's the percentage of sickle cell anemia? Because I know it's not it's not high, right? Because not not a lot of people have it,
0: right? No, it, you, you have a you have a good a, a sufficient very. Okay, I say okay. last I looked, it was somewhere around about nineteen um, percent, but it but it was. Of, of black of black people, yeah. right now, mind you, that number is not is not fully known, and the reason that number is not fully known is because many of us don't even know that that we have it, that, that they have it, or that or what's wrong, or go get checked for it.
5: Yeah, because you know? they do they do have a test at most doctors' offices where you could check to see if you carry the gene,
0: right right i know that when when my wife when when my wife was pregnant um then then she had to go get checked for sickle cell mm-hmm. uh, obviously cuz she, she's black yeah. but you know she had to get, check, get checked for sickle cell mm-hmm. right um
5: yeah i and, got checked too
0: right right, right i don't right, carry right.
5: the gene thank god right
0: <laughs> my mother my mother carries the gene oh
5: okay right yeah
0: and so i had to be checked mhm um, I, I didn't I didn't have it neither of us have it. my sisters my brothers mm-hmm. um, we don't we don't have it um thank god but I remember mom being turned being like on the floor because what it does is it, it the history of sickle cell is a is a is a strange is we we consider it to be strange why because sickle cell actually in on the continent of Africa those in Africa who have it mm-hmm. have it because it is a protector it protects you from malaria okay? Right. Yeah. It's the reason why white people couldn't go into the interior of Africa because they didn't have that. They didn't have the sickle cell
5: mm-hmm.
0: gene. OK. Right. That yeah. ability to go in. You've been by mosquitoes, you got malaria, you die. Yeah. Right. That's what protected us from that. Now, fast forward genetically now it's a whole nother ballgame. We're on this continent. Um, we were able to survive in the you know in the in the low countries and stuff like that because of that gene. However, what ended up happening as a result of it later on, now what we're seeing is because the environment is very different now, right? Genetically we're very different. What happens now is we it it attacks the organs. Right? It attacks the organs. So as it's moving through this sickle Shaped blood vessel is moving through your is moving through your veins. As it's moving through the veins, it hurts. It's very painful. And as as it as it hits those organs, it's 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 where it's supposed to protect them. It now is attacking them. Right.
5: The only black person I know that had that well is um, T. Boss from TLC. Right. That's the first time I had heard about sickle cell anemia. And and I I mean. she talked about the pain that she went through. She would have like seizures or she would have like the these pains going through her body and right. stuff. She has to be on medication and everything. So
0: Well they would the, go to the hospital.
5: Yeah, she went to the hospital. Right.
0: And when you go to the hospital they don't want to give you any pain medication. Yeah. Right. The reason they don't want to give you pain medication is because of what they call the opioid crisis. So they assume because you're black, you're there for opioids. Yeah, that
5: you're going to abuse the
0: opioids. You're going to abuse them. Yes. And Not only that, but they also had this thing where they had this this uh, this belief that because you're black, you you have this high threshold for pain. And that's the one damn thing that bothered me about what I was going through. They didn't give me any medication until later. Why? I was in pain. I was in excruciating pain. I passed out of my damn car. Yeah. So why would you not think that I needed medication? And why did you give me the minimum dosage of medication when it comes to something like that? You knew daggone what they knew very well what was happening to me. So that and that was just my knee. Mm-hmm. That was just my knee. Right? So imagine these people come in with, with sickle cell. it's attacking their organs, it is tearing them up inside. And, they, and, and and they don't the doctors did not want to give them medication. Why? Because they're told that black people have this high threshold for pain that is, that is higher than anybody else. And that is so, so we'll be okay. Or that we're lying about the, the the pain that we're in. Yeah. That is what bothered me about what happened to me. That's what prompted this show. That's why I wanted to talk about this so badly. Is because this is something that that we need to put people on notice that this happens. So if you're in pain, you go to the hospital. You need pain medication. Demand the pain education medication, and doctors that are out there, you got to be more sensitive to what's going on. You've got to be more sensitive than that. These are your patients. And because they're black, it doesn't mean they have some high threshold for pain that you can imagine that we have or something like that. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. And it's the same type of mentality that J. Marion Sims had about black women. It's the same type of mentality that it carries over right now. It's pervasive in our medical community right now about Black people. It's one of the reasons that we die as in higher numbers that we that we die in because you don't want to give us the medication. Can't stand it. And when we do come in for the treatments, you don't want to give it to us. Why? Because of this. Because of this type of mentality. So, you know, for those of you who called this morning, I'm sorry I, I missed those phone calls. I really am. But we need to hear these things. Yeah. We need to talk about it. We need to hear it. And I'm sorry that you couldn't hold on long enough to, for me to let you, because I would have let you in right now if you wanted to. 813-239-9663. we got 15 minutes. Um, I really want to hear from you. But if you don't want to, if, if you're listening Please listen to what I'm telling you. If you don't want to hear, hear, if you don't, if you want to hear from somebody else, whatever it is, please read about these things. Please read about it. Please understand. This is not a joke. This is still happening. This is still happening. And if it wasn't for, it wasn't for the fact that we had the advocates that we do have, these hospitals would still be butcheries.
1: They still be butchering us. Yeah, we also have a history of using prison's labor, our prison inmates as test subjects as well. Absolutely. And uh, we've had to put a stop to that, which is why it's important that, you know, people who are in power, like I think about, you know, that's not beyond the pale for this governor. and But the Surgeon General, who is a black man, he just seems to be a stooge of this governor. He doesn't seem to have a mind of his own. And I wouldn't be surprised if he would allow allowed experimentation on the prison population the cheap, and uh, it's happened before. I would like to uh, remind people of a book called "Acres of Skin," where a Philadelphia prison was used in such a way to test perfumes, and were given black people maybe a dollar, a dollar fifty in the nineteen sixties to conduct these tests on them. Prison populations, you know, if you did work in prison, you probably earned a fifty cents. You know, Man. But to get a medical experimentation, they'll up the price a little bit and, and give you all kinds of skin lesions in order to. This was a dermatology doctor who was using prisons, prisoners, and prison inmates as, as fodder for his experiments. And so you need people in power to make certain that human rights are protected. We need the, to visit
0: these the doggone places right. more often. Yeah, absolutely do. They are, Heart, shout out to Diane Hart, too, by the way. You know she needs help with what she's doing. Uh, I wish I could get out there and get with her on, the, on these things, but I cannot. I have, I have, I have fights on my own front on um, dealing with uh, public health and and the types of things that we deal with. Um, we got a call that's coming in, but shout out to Diane Hardin the work that she's, that she's done as state rep. Um, uh, get out there with her, visit these prisons. Make sure you're protecting our our, our in, you know our inmates that they're probably doing this testing on that. Like my doing talking about right now. Um, Caller.
5: Caller, you're on the Sunday
0: Forum. Hello? Hello. Hi, how are you doing? All right, how are you doing? Welcome to the Sunday Uh, Forum.
8: Yes, I'm great. Uh, I've listened to your show, and um, I'm going through some of the same things you're talking about. Now, number one thing is when you step in the hospital, uh, they ask you, how do you feel from 1 to 10? Please stop telling people you feel okay, because they write that down, and they also use that against you. They tell you, mm-hmm. you're feeling fine today. Oh, scale of one to five, how you feel? You say five or four, guess what? Like you say, you're not going home with no medicine or anything. Right. And also, I tell the doctors all the time, I could get Tylenol from the Dollar Tree because my bills be so high, like you say, they won't give you no pain medicine to come home with, but they, they want to give you a Tylenol.
0: Right.
8: I come to the Dollar Tree and got that, you know what I'm saying?
0: Right?
8: Don't, don't give me that, but also... I'm suffering from pancreatic cancer. They just cut my stomach out, uh-huh. and with all above, you was saying about the mistreatments to me. My cancer came back, but oh, now man. the insurance Sorry, companies but... and the doctors—oh, they are my best buddies now because they're in a little trouble. But yeah, they neglected me. Like you say, as you black and you go in that place, you got to fight all the way through to today. Uh, you get the discharge papers. It's a fight. I got pictures of the room i was in i got pictures of all security guards they in they it's a gang it's a gang at the hospital and we and we only they really only like black people there to experiment on us like well. you saying, brother about the uh whatever that disease is white people get versus sickle cell
0: mhm 65 yeah. fibrosis versus
8: sickle cell Right. Yeah. yeah they experiment on us to make those people better like you said we got a higher pain yeah that's true I mean well, I don't want to get technical with a lot of stuff
0: but uh anyway. I, I i wouldn't I wouldn't even go there with that brother I, I you know i don't I don't even think that we have a high threshold for pain and, and I, I you know I don't even want to go there with that because i i don't i don't I don't subscribe to that we're human beings and
8: well well brother, I ain't gonna get technical with a lot of things, but it's to it's be yeah, because uh I, I had to go to religion and all this, but let me tell you something you were the first thing created. So, therefore, like melon. they don't have melon. What do you mean? They, white people don't have melon in their body. So, yeah, you can say we have a higher... Because we do. It's fact, it's fact. Yes. And, yes, we do. Because we're original. We're original. And, you know, like you say, you go from black to light-skinned to white. That's just the bottom line. That's how, you know, generics goes. And they are weaker. We can stay in the sun. They can't. They don't set cannon index. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. We don't we on the radio. You see they talk sublim- sub- subliminal to each other so Also, can index today is a tent. Uh, what black person you know gonna to run and to store getting something to put to the tan in their skin?
0: Well, that's true. But that, but at the same time when we talk about thresholds of pain, I mean my knee being torn off <laughs> versus yeah, brother, you know, know. A, a white person's knee being torn up and barbers you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't sit up there and try to and and, and proposed to to determine whether my pain is worse than theirs, all I know is I'm in pain. I'm and and how they treat me scooter. versus how they treat them. Yeah, they sir, treat I'm me.
8: Saying, I'm fighting right now to get a scooter. Every if Go to the same clinic, and I see three or four white guys, they got theirs already. And I'm right, right. you to get yours. Well I mean, I'm still fighting to get mine. But they got theirs. Unbelievable, you know what I'm saying? Unbelievable. It's not right. Also, i like to say, too, that uh, um, I'm a member of Digital Underground. Uh, Kenny K, I used to be Kenny yeah. K on the Kenny okay. K Show. Okay. So I'm, I'm Omar. Everybody who knows me, 88.5. Shout That's out sad. to all you guys.
0: Okay, all right,
8: all right. Hey uh, yeah, to everybody in 88.5 family. Yo, yo, you got a good show, brother. I
0: like mm. Appreciate you. Thank
8: you. And everything you're saying, I'm like I'm going through it. And if you, you got a fight, you know, don't, and, and everything them doctors tell you, don't believe it. You know you you hurting, you hurting. Yep. You got right. And you and, and also they can't kick you out the hospital. People don't know that. You hey, it's a lot. It's a lot, brother. But we, it's a fight all way from when you get in it till so you leave out the door. I right. can tell you some other stuff. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But
0: um I i you, brothers get back to your show. All right. All right. appreciate all right. you, brother. Appreciate you. you. Great job. All right. Thanks. All right. Peace. Bye. Um, yeah, I will of, uh, say.
5: Oh, oh, no, ahead, no, ahead, no, no, I was just going to say that, that I wanted to talk about the hospital treatment. Now, my mom—I don't know if I've ever said this over the air, but she had breast cancer back in 2018, and and, and she was she—they actually treated her very well. She, you know, uh, did her treatments, and, uh, and and is in remission right now. Thank God. But my grandfather, when he had dementia, he was not treated well. Uh, when she went to go visit him in New York, he was in a um, in a uh, nursing home in Brooklyn. She said he was filthy. He he smelled like pee. I mean, he was l- looked disheveled. He looked like he hadn't had a bath. And then eventually, uh, he he did end up passing in 2013. Uh-huh. But yeah, they just, I mean, they they didn't really take care of them. And, uh,
1: yeah, I think uh, American, this system has a hard time dealing with mental illness. Yeah. And they really don't know how to take care of people with mental illness. And, and we as humans can lose our patience right. with patients who are mentally well, ill. Well,
5: and they should have been treated because, I mean, there were signs. I didn't even know it. I didn't find out until uh, I hadn't spoken to him in a year, actually, before he passed and uh, apparently he was already having signs, and then uh, when it got worse, he was put into to a to a nursing home. So where he, like I said, eventually died. But uh, yeah, be- better treatment definitely for our people. But we do have, actually have another call. yeah
0: room for one more call? Now, right. Let me just say this eugenics thing. Uh, it, it, this this is also plays right into the concept of eugenics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the 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 ideology of of. of just ridiculous assertions about about our ability to take on all this pain and and how we how small our brains are and all this other anatomical bull crap they came up with yeah. that you know yeah. that made us undesirable Hopefully so to the speak U you know.
1: movement was discredited decades ago <laughs>
0: yeah thank god man
1: but, you know I do want to give a shout out before we get off the air to pioneering black feminist Dorothy Pittman Hughes she died here in Tampa uh-huh. Just recently, she's a child welfare advocate, lifelong community activist. She formed a powerful speaking partnership with Gloria Steinem and appeared with her in this famous photo with her and Gloria Steinem holding up the black fist. So <laughs> All right. All right. I want to give a shout out to her. Right. Dorothy Pittman Hughes, she passed away. Okay. Yeah, man. And, uh,
5: and caller, please go directly to your, to your comment because we don't have a lot of time. So you're on the Sunday Forum.
1: Yeah, Uru.
4: Um, Uru, brother. What's going on, man? It's all good, man. I'll go right to it. just want to say that the fight, in my view, begins at home. I'm privileged to... Uh, I'm 47 years old and just to have an uncle uh, who have, to have uncles and aunts in their 70s and 80s to have first cousins in their 60s and 70s and um, you know, even siblings in their 60s and most of them with no serious hospitalizations over the course of time. And uh, you know, so the fight, again, uh you know, just like, you know, else when it comes to education and, you know, even, uh, you know, uh, energy conservation, most of it, you know, it all begins at home. So I don't have this notion. Uh, you know, fortunately, I've, I've been able to witness it firsthand. I don't have this notion that we have to get sick and go to the hospital. We can eat ourselves. We can, you know, after a day, keeps the doctor away. We do a few more things to keep the hospital away, too. And I just would you know love for people to um begin to embrace that reality that we, we,
0: we the fight begins with us and, and we can win the fight if we try. Uh-huh. little man. You know what, he's right. He's absolutely right about that. Uh that is a that is a, a solution, that is the solution, truthfully. Um uh, to this. However, there's still there's still the the issue of you know, we're humans, we do get sick.
5: Yeah.
0: Right? It's um it's inevitable, unfortunately. It's inevitable. And the way that my father was treated when he when he was in the hospital, if we had not if we had not been there,
4: mm-hmm.
0: if we had not and it's sad that we even had to say what we had to say. Um, you know, when when somebody revealed who he was. Oh, then all of a sudden it was, Oh, we gotta do it. No, you should have been doing that to begin with. It didn't matter who he was. Yeah did not matter who he was, right? And so we were there constantly to try to make certain that, that, that he was treated well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is what it takes. This is what it takes, folks. Listen, um, this conversation is not over. We're going to keep talking about this till we get till we get it right. So next weekend we're going to have another discussion about this thing uh, right here on the Sunday Forum. Um, we're glad you would join us uh, this this weekend. We hope to hear from you next weekend. Uh, Please stay well, uh, stay up, and as always, from my voice to the radio waves, to the hearts and the minds of the people, I love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum. Join us uh, this Saturday, if you can, from 9 to 3 p.m. at 1240 Ray Charles Boulevard for the Tampa Bay Environmental Justice Think Tank. We're going to be making policy that will change your lives right here um, at 1240 Ray Charles Boulevard. Join us 9 to 3 this Saturday. Peace.
5: And next is the Post-Martin Hootenanny on WMNF 88.5 in Tampa.